Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy and a man who I finally got to hug again <laughs> after two and a half years. It's Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. Was it as sweet as you thought it would be? It was delicious. <laughs> seeing, seeing you both in the flesh made me extremely happy. Yeah, man. It was good. It was good fun. Really, really, really nice to be reunited. So we had a, had a little... Um, little extra inch meetup with the, the the three of us plus Nathan's fiance and um and some of our ex subs. Um so shout outs to Matthew, Eddie, Fred, James, Mike, Henry, Dan, Sam and Danny who made it down. Really appreciate it. Sorry if I've missed anyone. Theo. Huh? The dog. Oh Theo. Oh the most adorable little Dachshund. Yeah, Theo in um in Mike's bag. Uh, delightful. Delightful. Um very nice time. Very, very nice time. Buddy you had a nice time? It was a great time. I'm suffering from it a little bit today. Just hmm. the older you get, the more kind of um, the hangovers last. But it, I, do you know what the, the weirdest thing was? Going on a night out without any kind of WhatsApp and then just relying on people turning up uh, on time and not having your phone to look at <laughs> because I've, I've, I'm a victim of, of hacking this week. So I've had a, a week away from WhatsApp, which has been pretty good in terms of um, efficiency and getting things done <laughs> and not being distracted. But it was kind of liberating to go for a night out without knowing where every, anybody was or what without having like up-to-date minutes, updates. Like, left, I'm on the train, I'm getting off the train, I'm going home, that kind of stuff. Has, has your boss been commenting on your productivity going through the roof? No, of course not. It just means I'm on, I'm on Discord more, dropping um, ITK there. <laughs> nice. I also want to say thank you to Mushtaka who took me out for dinner. Mushtaka is someone who uh, I have known through my blog for, I think, 15 years. And we've become sort of pen pals. It was really good to to meet him finally. We had a very nice evening. So yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling like I've had a very Spurs centric social week. It's been it's been nice. Um, we don't have a partner 
uh, this week. We, we're, we're sponsorless. Uh, we've had some really great partnerships uh, through the back end of the season. If you're interested in partnering with us, uh, drop us a line, podcast at theextrange.co.uk. Uh, for this week, I would urge you once again to to go and have a look at the National Autistic Society website. I thought the the chat with with Jack was really fascinating. We've had some lovely feedback about it. Um, he's made himself available to talk to people. Some people have emailed in, and and he's been happy to to engage. So uh, you know, feel free to drop us a line if if that kind of um, rang true for you or for someone you know, uh, and and check out their website, National Autistic Society. Um, we have a transfer to talk about. Unfortunately, it's it's sort of tinged with a bit of sadness. So we signed Eve Basuma. And to give you some background on this, because a surprising number of people are completely unaware, primarily because Spurs haven't mentioned it. And to be honest, it's not been mentioned in a whole lot of the reporting. Basuma is under investigation for sexual assault. So he and a 40-year-old man were arrested at a nightclub in Brighton on the 6th of October 2021 and were both released the next day on bail. They then had their bail extended twice before on the 6th of April this year. The other guy had his bail extended until the 6th of June, whilst Basuma was no longer under bail conditions, but he was still under investigation for the alleged crime. There was a further update then on the 8th of June stating that uh, again, the 40-year-old's bail had been extended to the 24th of June and that Basuma was still released under investigation. Um, firstly, I want to point you towards a couple of resources. There was a really good conversation on the Tottenham Depot podcast. I say Depot because I'm, I'm British. It might be Depot in, if you're American. The Tottenham Depot Depot podcast. Uh, the conversation starts around 12 minutes into their latest podcast. It's a really kind of sensitively handled and I found uh, enlightening conversation. And also an article by our friend Dustin George Miller for Cartilage Free Captain, we will link to both of those in our show notes if you want to listen and read to read those. I, I strongly urge that you do. I think they um, capture the nuance really well. Also, um, before I open this out, I would just say that there is a lot of ITK on Twitter and general discussion on social media around due diligence, i.e. Spurs must have done their due diligence they they wouldn't sign Eve Basuma for 25 million without doing their due diligence. Be very wary of what you read with regards to this. This phrase is a massive red flag to me. It's nonsense and seems to primarily stem from the PR-driven press release that Brighton released at the time in which they stated that one of its players is assisting police with the investigation of alleged offence uh, when at the time Basuma was released under investigation. So uh, classic sort of football club being... Um, PR wary and people have run with that and I think it's a little dangerous um, I, I, I want to say that we have no idea whether Eve Basuma is 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 guilty of this crime or whether it was nothing to do with him so um, I, I'm very keen to point out that we can't pass judgment necessarily on him uh, what we can do is pass judgment on the club's decision to sign him Nathan what's your reaction to this signing uh, it's definitely uncomfortable. Um, yeah, that whole due diligence thing is, is kind of the thing, right? We are um, being left fans to speculate. Obviously, mm. um, the club basically can't comment. Media outlets can't comment. Brighton couldn't comment because it's an ongoing investigation. All they can say is what you've said already, which is two men were arrested, one remains um, on bail, one is released under investigation. Um, and so we as fans are left to sort of 
um, either assume the best of our club, assume that there has been this you know, fantastic work of due diligence um, or not care or instead um, assume the worst. And the statistics aren't really sort of in our favour, right? Um, so, yes, you can speculate that, like, if if um, if he's released under investigation and the other man's on bail, then perhaps they only want him as a witness. All that sort of stuff is what we see going around Twitter, but it is baseless, it is assumption. Um I don't know. The club has left us in a really awful position where where we have to either do the speculation or or get very upset about it. And the thing with that is, like, yeah, okay, I would like to believe that um, over the course of the years we've been doing this podcast, I've made it clear just how stupid clubs are, just how bad clubs are at their recruitment, just how many holes they leave, how many times they hire idiot dickhead players from one club to another, and then they do that same stuff again. So the assumption that this time. Um, you know, maybe you think Spurs are better than others in that sense, but the the assumption that this time Spurs have done anything other than the bare minimum, um, if even that, you know, maybe they feel confident that he's not going to face jail time, but that's a very different discussion from they feel confident that he is completely innocent of any wrongdoing. And I think that um, the message that sends to uh, fans, so in our in our community, especially the female fans, um, have been really upset by that. Which is not to say that only women can be victims of sexual assault, only women are affected by sexual assault, only women care about sexual assault. But it is very much the case that it is um, on a sort of statistical level going to um, send the wrong message to a primarily female audience here. And I think that's really concerning. Um, yeah, I'm sort of not really sure where I'm going with this. Just that it leaves sort of a sour taste in the mouth, definitely. Mm. Yeah, and and um, I, I would I would completely agree with that. It's uh, for, for women in particular, this is a really problematic move. Um, not because of of Basuma necessarily, but because of the the cloud hanging over him. That's it. Um, it's it's the it's the it's the club's judgment that they can sign a player who is still under investigation for an alleged sexual assault. I think is that's really problematic. Um, Bardi, how about you? I think we should be at this point where we should be celebrating this signing, but we can't be because yeah. of everything that you guys have said. Um, Dustin's article is really, really good. It's really well balanced. It's really well nuanced. And I just think, assuming that Tottenham have done all their work is something that us as fans shouldn't have to be doing. We shouldn't be sat here thinking, oh, well, of course they've done their business. And I know there'll be there'll be people listening into this waiting for waiting for the extra inch to get to get all kind of like um soft like they like they like they claim that we are but i just think it's really uncomfortable for anybody to sign a player with this much doubt hanging around him there there's ways to do this there are other he's an excellent footballer but there are other midfielders we can go out there that don't have this cloud hanging yeah. over them and the the fact that he has a thing for sexual assault and it's halved his price is not a a a moment to go out bargain shopping it's a moment to take a take a stance and just go hello we shouldn't be doing this i don't know if there's many other professions in the world that you can go to a job interview and say you know i've got a sexual assault case hanging over me is it okay will you will you still employ me i i don't know and i know there's certain parts of twitter that will that constantly whenever something comes up they're like well if it happened to my daughter like if he was a teacher who was going to go into your daughter's class you you'd you'd be you'd have your concerns over that and i think just because he's a footballer just because it's football just because it's a discount we should just forget everything that's happening i think basuma is a brilliant player he might well be innocent um but he might well be guilty yeah. if you're gonna say so and i think that's that's a place that tottenham shouldn't have put us in i i completely agree um i just like to make a couple of observations 
So, so firstly, um, I've listened a lot over the past week to the women in the Discord. So we set up a separate thread for discourse because not everyone wanted to get involved in it. Frankly, they they found it too sort of um, difficult to to contend with, understandably. Uh, but we we've had some really constructive conversations in there across the week, and and also there's been some some constructive stuff I've seen elsewhere on Twitter and social media as well. Um, and what's been made clear to me, and is something that uh, I, I perhaps wouldn't have been aware of before, is that when this topic comes up, it's always centered around Basuma. Is he guilty? Is he innocent? And actually, centering it around the victim is a much more progressive and healthy way of dealing with it there's someone out there who has has reported this crime that's a really difficult thing to do for a whole bunch of reasons uh, and, and we need to think of of that person um rather than basuma primarily you know basuma might well be innocent may maybe there'll be an impact on him of, of of a of someone reporting him for a crime he didn't commit but ultimately he's just got essentially a promotion to a to a better club for a lot of money he's not suffering there's someone out there who is and we have to believe we have to believe women. Um, we have to believe women as a starting point. Uh, so I think centering this around the the victim is a, is a really healthy way of of looking at it. And secondly, I'm just really cross with Spurs. I'm really cross with the club for putting us in this position again. It's like it's like they don't learn lessons on this stuff. Uh, they they always prioritise on pitch performance and. Um, yeah, what's 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 best for the football team rather than what's best for its its fans necessarily. And and don't get me wrong, there are plenty of fans who are celebrating the signing with full vigor. They don't care about the the uh, the investigation. They just want a good midfielder. But I think there's plenty of fans who are finding this really difficult and who will find it a struggle to watch him on the pitch for Spurs. And um, I wish the club had considered that. I, I thought the proud Lily White statement was was an interesting one, a brave one. I'm interested to see how they respond and how the club then respond to them. Uh, as Nathan says, it's very difficult for the club to, to publicly say anything at the moment, but that's kind of part of the issue because they can't say anything because it's an ongoing investigation. They shouldn't have made this transfer. It's uh, it's, it's really problematic. As Bardi points out, there's plenty of other midfielders we could have signed. You know, we've got a bargain. He's in the final year of his contract and he's he's got this cloud hanging over him. So he's a lot cheaper than he otherwise would have been. Um, but that doesn't make it right. <laughs> um I don't think there's a lot more we can say about this, to be honest. I'm, I'm interested to hear what other fans have to think. Uh, I do think, as I said, you should listen to the, the podcast that we mentioned earlier. Um, but we're going to go on to talk about his his footballing ability now. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really important to, to caveat that with the, the point that none of us feel that he's a player we should have in our squad right now. So Tom Hendy says, this is not to wind Bardi up too early in the season, but on the back of signing Basuma, does anyone really believe that Huybier isn't going to be his preferred partner? Yeah, I mean, when Tom's firing shots at me, <laughs> once again, he's not even spelled my name correctly. So I, I, I made a rule not to answer those questions, especially when there's shots. But um, I think Huybier, I said this on, on Saturday, and it, that wasn't like an, an ex-up special for turning up to him. He's saying nice things about um, Huybier. He's been great. He's been he's had a really strong end to the season. He's had a really good conference league. He looks like a different player. I'm very happy that he's playing well. And um, perhaps we don't need to upgrade him. And maybe he will be him and Basuma will form a really nice partnership. I still think he's a little bit against low block teams. I still don't think he's intricate enough or, or like smart enough on the football. Mm. Uh, Nathan, I'm going to get you to to launch into a bit about. 
Basuma and where you think he fits in. But to do that, I'm going to ask a question from John L., one of our one of our Swedes. So John says, with the arrival of Basuma, we now have four first-team midfielders that are either primarily defensive or box-to-box. Box. With the potential arrival of Ericsson, we will have lots of options, but also that means minutes will be limited for the younger players. How do you think the arrival of Basuma will affect the development and route to regular first-team football for Skip and, and Papi Matasar? What do you think? Where does Basuma fit in? So Basuma spent most of his career playing as sort of more of a number eight type player. Um, he is um, like an outstanding defensive volume player, but he's normally done that um, in that sort of um, that Kante style of being a, 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 and as we've seen for a lot of Hoybier's career as well, is that up and down, aggressive, mm. proactive defender thing. Um, and he also brings um, some very good dribbling and ball carrying ability on top of that. <clears throat> Um, this last season, he's played almost entirely at the base of a midfield three as the number six, where his job is to um, shield more than than um, sort of aggress and also simplify a lot what he does on the ball and just play it sort of sideways between wide centre-backs a lot. Um, so we now have really three or four players... <laughs> who can play as the number six or number eight, right? And I think Bentoncourt is going to lean always more towards eight and six. Six doesn't mm. really suit him very well, even though he's played it in the past. But him playing it in the past is kind of why he left Juventus, right? So we have we have four of these, basically the same guy. Um, <laughs> Basuma can, uh, obviously, okay, Basuma's going to bring in better ball carrying than, than, than the rest of them and is also probably a, a more impressive defender too. Um, but I think his passing game is more limited than the others. Um Yes, I think Basuma could take Hoybier's place in the deepest role and allow uh, and, and allow Bentacor to remain in the team, or he could take Bentacor's role and, and allow Hoybier to remain in the team. Either way, or both. I, I tweeted about this before that I, I think having four of these guys might be excessive, especially when there isn't you know Winks isn't going to play, so there just isn't a sort of a, a diversification of the profile that we have there. Other than again Basuma having a bit more ball carrying than the rest of mm. them. Um, Maybe Ericsson is going to come in as well or someone else. Um, and then that's not quite so extreme in, in the profile that we have there. Then I've also seen the schedule to come. Um, so the Community Shield is on the 25th of the 7th. Um, there's then four weeks of Premier League football. And then from then on, it is two games a week for nearly a whole year. Well, until until the 5th of the 6th. So it's an 11-month season. <laughs> And it's and it's two games a week all the way through, and we're in four competitions, and and most of our players are going to go to the World Cup and be on the two international breaks. Um, maybe we exit cups early or whatever, but it's just an absurd, absurd amount of football. Maybe you do want, um, you know, four players who can start um, in those roles. It doesn't seem great for Skip's development. Like if he just he, you know, like we've seen before with players, they don't play for weeks. They come in for a, a Carabao Cup game. They play in a fully rotated side. They look bad, and then as a result, they don't get to play again until the next, you know, League Cup game. Um, so I don't know how this is how this rotation is going to actually materialise. But I don't. I'm not feeling quite as strong as I did before that this is an unnecessary uh, addition. Talking purely in terms of of sort of on pitch as I did before. Yeah. Uh, when we played Leicester, the um, the Steven Bergvine game, we had um, Davies, Sanchez and Tanganga as our back three, which are not the most progressive passes. And then in the midfield, we had Hjoiberg, Winks and Skips. Mm. Uh, Sk- Skips, sorry. Could, do you reckon there could be a situation where we play Basuma, uh, Hjoiberg and Bentanko as a, as a three? 
Yeah, so this is something that has come up um, when, I, when I've been talking about the makeup of our midfield and the number of them that we have now. And I just think that, if anything, this pushes us away from a three-man midfield because these don't profile as the makeup of the three-man midfield, right? You've got three of these or four of these very similar profiles who mm. are these um, ball-winning box-to-box guys. So two of them could make up a, a midfield three and then you, you know, you'd put Ericsson or, or whoever in there. Um, but to play three of them as a combination, you know, three cement mixers. Um, I mean, you can do that if you're Liverpool and you just turn the ball over at an incredible rate and you've got mm. the two best crosses at fullback in the world, right? Um, but that I don't think that, that works for Conte. He wants his, his third centre midfielder to be a dynamic, um, creative passer, um, to, to offer ball carrying as well as, as creative passing, to be a technician and, uh, and a goal scorer. And that isn't what we've got in, in these four players. But maybe it's, uh, Pape Metasar. Yeah, I mean, again, he kind of is this similar profile, right? A limited yeah, short he, passing game. Uh, uh, he's much it, more expansive in his passing than the others, though, yeah, right? Yeah, he has a long passing game that the others don't, although Skip's shown a few glimpses. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't really... He's still not going to be great receiving on the turn and doing that sort of yeah. stuff. He's still not going to knit play together with a whole loads of short passes. Um, he has the ball carrying, maybe of Basuma, or maybe not quite at that level, but but shows the potential to. Um, but again, he is this same kind of profile, so he doesn't make up a midfield three either for me. I don't think you wouldn't want him in a more advanced position because I don't think he's going to receive on the half turn. He's also super young and completely untested. Sure, so sure. I, I was saying that with my tongue firmly in my okay. cheek, but. Uh, no, I agree. I agree with you, Nathan. I think this is very much a, a depth signing. I think it's more of a we play more of the same and, and we rotate more signing. I, I can sort of see the four of them playing in any combination, to be honest. I think for me, Basuma cl- most closely resembles Skip in terms of his profile. Um, lots of defensive work and, and good at running with the ball, uh, but doesn't do it at a particularly high volume. Um, and I think Skip and Basuma can both run with the ball more than they have previously. I think they both got okay. it in them to 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 run. Uh, particularly Skip, I, I think there's a lot more to come in his attacking side. I think we were sort of seeing glimpses of that before he got injured, mm. um, as he grew in confidence in his role in the team. Um, but I'm not expecting him to become like a, I don't know, Gerard of old, just constantly driving forward with the ball. That's it's, he's never going to be a high volume dribbler. Um, well, Gerard was more box to box, though, wasn't he? Ger- Gerard wasn't this kind of. He had a good long passing game; he could whack it. But he was very box to box, wasn't he? Like more box to box than like Skulls was. Yeah, yeah, but he would drive forward with the ball constantly, wouldn't he? That was like his his thing, especially late in games when yeah. he needed something. He would he'd really try and commit players through the middle, and uh, and I can't see any of our four cons like constantly driving forward the board to that level i think they'll do bits of it and i think hyobia's dribbling and and progression through dribbling has, has got better um during his time at spurs as well it's just he he doesn't do it as in a in an aesthetically pleasing way as as the others is a bit more clumsy isn't he um but i think yeah this is a this is a depth signing and it probably will be really really helpful in a crazy hectic schedule uh as long as Conte does rotate, as long as he, he genuinely and properly rotates. I do have a funny feeling we'll see the three of them play more often than we think, especially if we have uh, Perisic and then a good right wing back who are better mm. at crossing, a, better, a, bit more better in the fi- a bit better in the final third. I think we'll see. I'd be surprised. I think we'll see him quite a few times, all three of them. So the other option in the three, of course, that we've not mentioned is Kulisevsky. Yeah, again, I think that's one that we probably would have seen if we were going to see it. Okay. Um, I, I think he can profile in the way that it makes sense. And I do think we've seen kind of elements of that from the role that he does play. Um, I don't hate it as an idea, but um, I don't 
I, 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 yeah, again, I think we would have seen that a little bit. Like when we, when we played Liverpool, uh, other times that we looked like we had the person on the pitch to play 3-5-2 and playing 3-5-2 would have been an advantage and we didn't. That makes me think that Conte just doesn't see him in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I also think the fact that there was no kind of like 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 for like replacement that if we had maybe a Rafinha or someone like that, maybe we might have seen it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So the other signing we've made, but haven't yet confirmed, is Josh Keeley, who is a 19-year-old goalkeeper from St. Patrick's Athletic, an Irish under-19 international. None of us know anything about him at all, but we've had a clear out of youth goalkeepers uh, this summer, so it kind of does make sense to bolster the ranks a little bit. Um, interesting to see what happens with Alfie Whiteman and Brandon Austin, see whether any mm. either of them are, are kept on or whether... Um, or whether this guy is sort of seen as a as a viable third choice, um, who knows? Basically, none of our Irish contingent know much about him either, unfortunately. So we we can't even get any intel from them. Um, yeah, I mean, it does sound like some movement might happen this week in terms of transfers, with with Jed Spence seemingly getting closer, and then we will probably find out one way or another what Ericsson decides to do as well. Um, he's got offers from us, from Man U and Brentford. I mean, by the time you listen to this, he might have even made his mind up. So uh, it, it could have changed the dynamic of the conversation a little bit. I feel like he is trying to run up a bidding war for his contract right now, right? Mm. He's, mm. he's he's seen what he has to offer and then he then needs to make a choice between, um, you know, Champions League and a big paycheck uh, or something mm. like that. Mm. That You know, it's probably his last big move, right? It makes sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. His last, his last yeah, big contract for sure. I'm in a funny place with Ericsson. I'd I'd be very happy to see him come, but then I'd also be equally nonplussed if he decides not to come. I think it, he's just got that kind of freedom. He could choose wherever he wants to go at the moment. I don't really want him to go to United. Uh, if he stayed at Brentford, then you know, so be it. But yeah, I'd be annoyed if he went to if he went to United. <laughs> that's exactly that's how I feel. Be, that's just because Brent. You don't see Brentford as a as a threat. It's not. It's yeah. If he goes to United, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset with him. I don't mind him going to United. I think I think United are more than. Uh, one at Christian Eriksen away from being good again. I don't know, man. I think he could. I think he could do some. You know, he could really make a Ten Hag system function, not quite single handedly, but 
he could really change things for the better at United. No, their problems run deep, man. They they run much deeper than Ericsson. Oh, I've just got this fear. I've just got this fear that he goes to United and suddenly, because he's playing long passes to him, Rashford becomes Rashford of old again, you know? Or Sancho suddenly becomes what we know Sancho has been in the past. It's a it's a slight concern. It's a niggle. I, I, I would... I, I I really want us to sign Ericsson, basically. I think he just makes so much sense in a whole host of ways. And he elevates us. He elevates the squad. In every other role that we are shopping for, we have seen us links with player after player after player. Right, The number of left-footed centre-backs mm. we've been linked with over the, just the last couple of weeks and the number of wide forwards, wingers, um, the number of full-backs we've been linked to, left and right-footed. But in terms of creative technical passes, we've been linked to Ericsson. And, <laughs> That's it. and where are the Fabian Ruiz links? Where are the Ezekiel Palacios links? You know, yeah, I'm, I'm worried that we don't have a, 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 a. We're not aware of anyone else who can pass the ball. You know, or, or maybe it's just Conte's not that fast, and he just wants Ericsson because maybe. he knows Ericsson. And he likes Ericsson. Maybe. I think there's some mileage in that. Um, Jonathan says, question for Bardi. How helpful would it be for us to have Bastoni, given that he will get a rest during the World Cup? <laughs> this, is a, this is firing shots as well. Um, I think it would be helpful to have Bastoni just because Bastoni's brilliant. Nothing to do with a, a World Cup rest. Although I do stand with my Italian brothers in, in not in not mm-hmm. going to this World Cup because it's not a good World Cup. Especially when you see Beckham running around talking about the benefits of having every single match within 45-minute bus journey from each other. That's just bananas. Um, yeah, I stand with my Italian brothers in, in boycotting this World Cup. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're better off out of it, I think. It's a mess, man. It's yeah. just not right. Like Having Beckham do that kind of piece, just, just talking about the benefits of this and that, just completely ignoring everything else that surrounds the World Cup, it just leaves a funny taste in the mouth. Mm, for sure, for sure. Uh, so on Patreon... Nathan, what what are you working on at the moment? You you you, you had some plans over the week and they got yeah. kind of disrupted. Yeah, well, I'm I've got some some Jed Spence stuff lined up. I've awesome. I've got some Indica stuff lined up. Awesome. Um, I don't really want to do a Basuma video. I don't know. I I I sort of did the the Basuma research off recording off camera for my own benefit. I but I didn't want to put it together in a in a package. I just feel sort of uncomfortable about signing as a whole. So I did mm-hmm. my research on him. Um, but basically, I'm sort of twiddling my thumbs, waiting for Spurs to announce someone. And if it doesn't look like it's going to happen, we can do um, we can do um, Pat Massar um, or who else is out on loan that we could do. Maybe we'll do that next week if if there's no there's no one else on the horizon. Nice, nice, sounds good. And uh, Bardi, you had a specific request from Elijah who said, "Can we get a Bardi narrated edit of the Arsenal All or Nothing when it drops?" I'm not going to do every single episode, but I'll do the um, the three nil North London derby. I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a watch along or something. Mm. And I don't know what these kids call it these days. I'll film myself watching it and just do an instant reaction kind of thing to it without pre-writing it or pre-watching it. See see how it goes. If it's rubbish, he'll never see. It would never be seen. But if it's good, <laughs> I, I'll stick it in there. I'll put it behind the paywall. Nice. Nice, and uh, I'm hoping to get straight off the training ground back up and running uh, in the next week or so. Now Chris and his partner have kind of settled into a bit of a routine with with little Sonny, who has, has joined them. Um, so looking forward to that, looking forward to catching up with Chris very much. There is the newsletter went out on Saturday as well, so check your check your emails. Occasionally, um, Substack sends directly to junk, so just check your junk as well. Nice, very, very nice articles this time around. Good job, Bardi. Excellent stuff. Uh, so a couple of questions 
In fact, before we go into questions, I'd just like to mention the England under-19s. Um, so it's the England, it's the under-19 Euros right now. England played their first match against Austria, and there were two Spurs players involved. Dane Scarlett played up front, and Alfie Devine played on the right-ish, um, nominally, uh, in, in attacking midfield. Uh, Scarlett got an assist, and Devine scored an outstanding goal, so it was a pretty successful night for both of them. I would say uh, Chakwameka, who plays for Aston Villa, is the outstanding player in the in the group. He's Carney Chakwameka, that is. He's he's got an older brother as well. Uh, he is really, really, really good central midfielder. And for me, I think Devine might be the second best player in the group, and he's two years younger than many of them, so that's uh, pretty impressive. He um he was rolling his man for fun throughout the game. He, you know, he's just got such a silky touch to him, silky sort of way about his game. He's, he's very, very, very promising. And Scarlett, with his trademark fantastic work rate, just ran all game, constantly pressurising the defenders, uh, making runs in behind. Uh, he hit the post just after half-time with a one-on-one, with a, <clears throat> a one-on-one chance, which he took slightly too far wide, I think. Um, and it looked like it was going to nest in the bottom corner and it just came off the post. And then uh, Aaron Ramsey, Jacob Ramsey's younger brother, m- missed the rebound. Um, if you if you want to catch that match, I believe you can still watch it back on the UEFA site. There's also uh, another England match on Wednesday at 7 o'clock against Serbia. And then Saturday at 7 o'clock against Israel. Uh, if you're interested in catching our two young star boys, I'd say they're well worth watching. Um, Divine in particular is an outstanding young talent. Very exciting. I always like to go back and um, have a look at like, who were the kind of standout players at these tournaments. And the under-19s, it's got, got mm. a nice kind of um, Fernando Torres, Aquilani is there as well, Ansencio, Mason Mount. Um, Brian Sessignon was joint top scorer one year in, in 2017 with three goals. I do like going and having a little look back to see kind of like where are they now, the standout performers, what happened to them, that kind of stuff. Hell yeah, there, there's been some... Re- the, the, the Sessignon year was... Um, yeah, a really, it was a high quality year. Um, so it wasn't just, it wasn't just uh, Cessnion, it was Mason Mount, Reese James, you know, good, good players mm. uh, in the, in that team. It was, a, it was pretty exciting to watch. Um, but I think this team's got a lot of talent for England from front to front to back to be honest I, I, I'd quite like you to watch the one of the games Bardi because Brentford's goalkeeper is playing for England and I think he looks good I'm not very good at judging goalkeepers though I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on him okay when is the next game Wednesday, Wednesday night at 7 yeah All right, I'll watch it yeah give, give him a bit of a scout I'll sum his career up before it's even started I'll let you know whether, <laughs> whether or not he's worth investing in <laughs> and Nathan your, your, your BFF Thiago is uh, is dipping in and out as well isn't he yeah, I think I'm going to be watching some um, in the near future. I I really enjoyed um, England under 17s at the what was it was the was it the 2017 World Cup? Yes, Foden, Sancho. Um, oh right, yeah, Callum yeah, yeah. Um, Oakley Booth for Tottenham. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the younger Sessegnon is it his cousin? Brother, brother. Okay, as well. Um, uh, the, on the other flank. Yeah, that was. That was really good. So yeah, I think I might might catch some. I'm interested. I'm definitely interested in seeing more divine. Yeah, he's um he's special. So that was the that was the under seventeen World Cup. Uh, and yeah, we had a outstanding team. Uh, Gerhi as well. Um, oh yeah, in that team, who's obviously a fantastic player. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there. 
it was Oakley Booth was playing sort of holding midfield, wasn't he? Gibbs White, Morgan Gibbs White, who I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm still a big fan of to this day. I think Gibbs White's a good player, um, and Conor Gallagher as well was involved. Yeah, we've we've had some some good age groups recently. We've got since they they did the whole England DNA thing, and that was partly Gareth Southgate's work. We have produced for the national teams some really 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 good players. It's just how we develop them beyond the 21s that I've got slight concern about. Mm. Uh, George McEachran, who he was, he yeah. really, really impressed me. And where is he now? He's just been he, released, I believe. Has he just been released? Oh my goodness! He stood out on a pitch with Foden and Sancho, mm. not as much as those two. He, but he was to me the third most interesting player, uh, probably alongside Callum Hudson-Odoi. And he's just been released. His 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 brother was a as a a similar um, hype job flop mm. as well. Um, mm. Hmm. I wonder what that's about. I'm I'm reading the um, Dominic Ball book that got that got sent to us, and um, I have to say it's given me a whole new appreciation of, of youth football and mm-hmm. the trials and just how difficult it is and the challenges that they go through. These young guys, like he's from the age of like ten, he's just pure pressure, and he's constantly thinking about pro contracts, constantly thinking about how they're performing, the mental side of it. And then being sent out on loan. And we always think, oh, just they get sent out on loan, just just play well and just having to to adjust. And he talks quite fondly actually about the time he went to Rangers and he won he won the cup there, they got promoted. But just that whole challenge of just being a young guy moving to a new town, it just really did open my eyes. And perhaps we all need to just think about these these are children, man, trying trying to make their way in the world and have a lot of pressure heaped upon them. Mm. And the story follows him and five of his friends. And yeah, very few of them make it through. Like they like it's just real life. Only only very few ever make it to the top level. Very true. Very true indeed. Mm. Um so Nathan, we, we we spoke about our midfield options being a little samey earlier. Yeah. Uh, Eric Hoffman says, "I'm going to whip out my American passport and ask why you haven't spoken uh, on the on the rumours linking Spurs to my oh, compatriot yeah. Weston McKenney. I think the young man can not only play in the Premier League but would bring something to Spurs they've lacked at times. McKenney has a fearlessness and verve I'd love to see in Spurs' midfield. He's willing to play the game right to the edge without going too far. He scores in ways none of our central midfielders ever do, and has a timely knack for arriving in the dangerous areas at just the right time." Uh yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't really disagree with any of, of, of those points. I I find our links to him a little weird. Um I don't think he fits what it is we really want our players to do. So I think I described him on this podcast before as being like um Fellaini at both ends of the pitch and the legs yeah. to get between, right? So he he's really strong in the air. Um, he's sort of a decent, not a decent, maybe even unfair, uh, a good um, ball winner um, and really good at arriving in the box as a as a, as a third man target. Um, but what he lacks is the technical game in the rest of midfield. Um, and so for me, that doesn't really fit Conte and what he wants his midfielders to do at all. Um, mm. I get the impression that Paratici is, is keen on him. Um, but that doesn't still doesn't make him a fit for for Conte's style of football. He's a good player, and I'm sure Premier League, whatever, definitely a, you know a top five league player. Um, who, if he can go to a team who can maximise what he does bring, could really thrive. But I don't think that's us. So, are you imagining uh, a bounce pass, but it's bouncing off all over the place? Yeah, yeah, off, off you know, uh, like the the bottom of the quad above his knee, and then like into the chest of an opposition player, and then they're through on goal. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, t- t- typical American he's, technical he's, ability, he's, right? He's sort of like the um, 
the the stereotype of an American all athlete, no actual technical <laughs> ability type player. Which maybe that maybe that exaggerates my my takes on him. That's just, just just to be very clear to our American listeners, we're teasing we're teasing the people in the Discord right now. This is this is a joke. Uh, David Holland says you have to go on holiday with one Spurs player. All decisions as to accommodation, dining, activities have to be made mutually. Who are you going with, and what do you think you could both agree on <laughs> to get your way? So um, David said he'd go on holiday with Dyer. That that was his that was his take, and I just thought that was a bit too easy. But I think I'm in this period of my life where I'm I'm trying to build bridges and get on with people again. So I think I'm going to go on holiday with Huyberg. I just have a <laughs> I just have this feeling that he would just rent a nice boat. Oh, you'd have a just, lovely time with Pierre. He he would he he just know he knows how to eat well and he knows how to enjoy himself without going raving. It would be quite nice. I reckon there'd be a boat involved. There'd be a bit of sailing. There'd be some fresh fish caught off the side of the boat and maybe some carpaccio, some tuna. Nice mm. glass. Of, the Danes, the Scan, the Scandies, they like their they like their crisp, refreshing wine. So I think I'm going to go on holiday with Hjoiberg and make him my friend. It's really oh. quite appealing. D- Danish lifestyle mm. definitely appeals, you know. The Danes, man, they got it. They got it sussed. Yeah, when it's do. winter, they all they all huddle indoors and just hug each other and keep nice and comfy. But when it when the sun comes out, they're out and about getting getting stuff done. And I really I really enjoyed that lifestyle. So what I noticed uh, from the meetup on Saturday is I, I'm really old now. I'm really old. I, you know, I, I, was, I was I was hanging out with I was hanging out with young people, and I felt my age. I felt. I felt really fucking old. So um, so I've got to go with one of the older players, and, and not necessarily old in years, but I think old in, in the mind. Uh, and and, and that, would be, that would be Gentle Ben, I think. I think, uh, you know, I think with Gentle Ben, you have in mind this sort of fairly sedate trip. Maybe you do some some sightseeing. Like, yeah, I think he would swat up on the history of the place beforehand, and so he'd act as a tour guide for me and sort of... In, you know that that was an ancient burial ground for x y and z or you know he'd, he'd, he'd tell me some interesting facts and take me take me down to some interesting uh historical sites which uh you know it wouldn't be my inclination to to look up that mm. stuff but i'd really enjoy it once i was there but then i reckon ben you know a bit like me i always have good intentions of being sensible but as soon as i have one drink i have a sip of beer and and my mindset changes and like, right, I'm going to be out all night. I'm going to be out all night and I'm going to drink many pints. And I reckon Ben's got a bit about about him in that respect as well. So I think we'd probably, we'd have a very sedate, enjoyable daytime and a, and a slightly uh, wild nighttime that perhaps neither of us would talk about in the morning. Where, where though? In, in Snowden? It's definitely taking new Snowden or Breaking no, Beacons or something like that. No, I reckon, I reckon Ben is taking me, hmm. I Nowhere reckon, hot. Nowhere hot. No, nowhere sure. hot. I think I think yeah. it's going to be Eastern Europe. You know. <laughs> okay, that's pretty hot. I think Eastern it's the, Europe yeah. Do, I mean, it, the right it depends on the time of year, doesn't it? Because I went to Prague in the winter, and oh my goodness, I've almost never been as cold in my life. Yeah. Uh, I reckon like Slovenia or somewhere like that. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. I can see. It. Yeah, I think he'd take me to one too many graveyards, and I'd start to wonder, like, is everything all right, Ben? <laughs> and his reading would be a, a an MBA textbook. <laughs> How about you, Nathan? Who are you going with? Uh, partying in Brazil with Emerson Royale while he's oh the hell yeah <laughs> yeah I just I just really want to be his mate you know I want someone who is sort of representative of Spurs to give him some love because I think he 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 deserves it and I think he'd be a fun guy I think that he's like um 
like he's young enough and he you know be in brazil party country and 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 be comfortable there that we could be adventurous but he's not completely off the rails wild Mm. we we hit that sort of nice you know adventure without without absolute chaos you know i think that'd be good he'd really like that as well look look at tottenham fan yeah yeah, really that we're accepting him yeah taking one home to his people Mm. ah how delightfully heartwarming I love Emerson. I'm going to miss him when he goes, which is, it feels inevitable at this point. He's it getting does. some, he's getting some good links, isn't he? I'm happy for him. There, yeah, there's a link to Atletico and I think that is, that is perfect for him. Just yeah. like it was for Trivia back in the day. Yeah. Exactly. The, Ideal. The Tottenham to Atletico defensive right back pipeline. <laughs> Who's going to be the next defender that goes to Atletico? Will it be Tanganga perhaps? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Oof. Tanganga 2025. 100%. You've been listening to The Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Bardi for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud, The Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help. 